Hello and welcome to episode 248 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. The cold weather has forced both Ascot and Haydock to cancel their meetings on Saturday, so we have the chance to preview Saturday's all-weather flat racing card at Lingfield in today's episode. Weather permitting, Lingfield will also race on Sunday. They're inspecting there on Saturday afternoon, and their jumps meeting highlight is the Fleur de Lis Chase, where L'Ompresse is due to return to the track after almost 400 days off. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks at Sunday's Group 1 Stewards' Cup meeting in Hong Kong. Well, we know it's cold everywhere. It's certainly freezing over here in the UK and probably elsewhere as well. I bet Germany's pretty cold. France won't be too warm either. But we've had minus temperatures for a few days. We've lost Ascot. We record this on Friday morning, as you probably know, and we've lost Haydock as well. We'll have a look at the weather in a second with Bill Esdale as we look forward to the weekend and what we can enjoy. We'll have Wally Pirate on talking about Hong Kong a little bit later on as well. But first of all, let's have a look at Rare Edition Last weekend, Bill, I know you want to talk about the weather, but you want to talk about Rare Edition, who you, you were hoping would come back with a win. And boy, he came back with a win. Harry Cobden on board. What a great day for for you and all the owners of Rare Edition last Saturday. Yeah, I know it was great to to get back into winning ways because obviously he won four last, or won three last season having won his bumper. But it was it was nice after kind of, below par runs and it's difficult to say below par runs because they were in at, at kind of grade one level but mm. um, got beaten at Cheltenham and Aintree having been beaten at Huntington so it was nice to get him back to something uh, that we know he likes i.e. Kempton so that was nice and it was the right decision because we were holding out potentially for the uh, Holloway's hurdle at, at uh, Ascot and that which is no longer tomorrow um, so that would have been so when, when the entries were being made there were only eight nine runners in that I was thinking oh, we put them in the wrong race but um, ultimately we made the right decision we got him back to Kempton got him back winning look was he spectacular he wasn't spectacular he got the job done well um, I think uh, you know I tweeted that that we're likely to step him up in trip now that was very much the feedback from Harry Cobden um, that he probably wants to go up in trip so it's very unlikely to be a an assault on the Betfair hurdle like we'd originally kind of planned I'd say we're more likely to head to kind of Ascot in the middle of February. We're hopefully it's thawed by then, um, or Kempton the following week over over kind of middle distance, kind of two, two three, two five kind of trips, mm-hmm. and see what we have. But you know he was he was in good form of himself. It was a brave performance. He had to do dig quite deep. He was giving both a second and a third stone plus, and and that's no easy feat in in, in handicap hurdles around a, around a kind of speed trap like Kempton. So he did it really well and. Um, yeah, Harry, Harry liked what he felt, as it were. I know you've had some top jockeys on. Brian Hughes rode on the bumper. Sam Twiston Davis has ridden a couple of times. But how important was it to get Harry Cobden's uh, feel and approach to the performance afterwards? Because he's probably the best jump jockey we've got going at the moment. He's certainly in great form, and, and his in, input must have been really important to you. Yeah, he gives great feedback. And, and look, no... no um... That's no slight on, on anyone else who's ridden him. And, you know, I Bradley did a great job on him. He got uh, uh, Doncaster despite not winning. 
and looks after him. This is Bradley Roberts, looks after him every day, rides him at home. No one knows Rodition better than him. And he's he's a huge part of the team in that process. But, you know, when, when we had the option to put, um, you know, Harry on the, on, the, on the horse, you kind of, you have to have to go there. And, and I had that conversation with Bradley and Charlie. Um, you know, and I explained to him that, that, and he totally understood, you know, it's very difficult for him as someone who's learning the game to let the potential champion jockey elect sit and watch him in the weighing room. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I felt, as I said to Bradley, and I said to you now, there was no upside for Bradley riding that horse because if he got beat, everyone would blame it on him. And if he won, everyone says he's the best horse in the race and he should have won. Um, so it's probably a best one for him to sit out. And actually, mm-hmm. it would have got a bit dirty coming down towards the last hurdle. It would have been quite hard work. And actually, the the skill and um, strength of, of Harry kind of got rare edition home. And uh, yeah, it was the right right decision to to, to go with Hadley, uh, Harry, and um, but we'll definitely use Bradley again. And stepping him up in trip, as you said, he's not going to go for the bet for her. You, you tweeted that pretty quickly. So, you know, fair play, you know, for a person that uh, keeps that information inside to himself all the time. Yeah, I'm a punter too. And I saw, you know, not second, second favourite. I just didn't want anyone to do their money. Um, if they, um, if they, um, didn't to, you know, um, look, look, you know, things could change with eight runners in the bet for her, we might decide to give it a go. But, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's Probably put too much pressure on his jumping, to be honest. Well, it was great news. Great to see. Well done with Rare Edition last weekend. We're not going to see any jumps on Saturday for the main part. I mean, we'll have a look at Linkfield or weather meeting in a minute or two. Uh, but the weather, what, what's your take? I mean, you were saying minus eight and a half overnight at Linkfield. They, they, they're, they're looking for Sunday as well now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main thing. I mean, I'm not... I'm not... A massive fan of of of, of the all weather, and you know it's it's it serves its purpose. But um, you know we were hoping on this this podcast to potentially go through Lingfield on on Sunday, but um, they are inspecting at two o'clock on Saturday. It went down to minus eight and a half on Thursday night there, um, and you know even though the temperatures are supposed to get up to six tomorrow, which should thaw it all, they've got to get up to six to start thawing that anyway. So. It's 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 no certainty. I mean, we'll we'll have a have a brief look at Lingfield at the end of the end of um end of the pod, um, just to, for a few horses to potentially look out for. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not sure whether well, ha, how sure that meeting is to be on. We have we don't know what ITV are doing yet. Um, there's talk of them um, potentially showing Navin, um, but they're frozen at the moment. There's no there's no formal uh, inspection being kind of outlined, but they're frozen there. So whether they managed to thaw out, I'm not, not so sure. Um, so yeah, we thought it best just to concentrate, concentrate on three races. We know pretty much for sure we'll be on ITV, that, that being the 2 o'clock, 2.35 and 3.10 at Lingfield on Saturday. I think ITV are looking at Taunton, but there's an inspection there as well. So I yeah, mean, that's honestly... Yeah, that's an inspection at 12 noon today. So that's another thing unlikely to happen as well. So um I think we're safe to say, but we're best to stick with three or weather races at, at, at Lingfield on Saturday because I think that will be the only turf action on Saturday. They haven't announced, as you say, which race at Lingfield, but they could be showing quite a few of them in the end. Um, we're going to have a look at a, a, a trio of races that we expect will be on air on Saturday afternoon. All weather, poly track, Lingfield, two o'clock is the first one we're going to have a look at. It's likely to be 12 runners for this. Well, it looks a pretty open handicap. Over a mile, Talis Evolvers in there for 
Richard Hand, and we get to see Ryan Moore. That's some good news because he's an excellent jockey. This was a horse that won at Kempton in January. The Dragon Icon's got a hood on for the first time. Roger Varian is the uh, trainer, and Cameron Noble's on board for the first time, taking over from David Egan. This horse has won two of its three. Al Rufa is in the race. Fantastic Fox, another Varian horse. John Quinn has got Tropez Power in there with Jason Hart. How did you see the uh, the two o'clock? A good race here. I mean, it was uh, Talis Avolver, or however you pronounce it, is going to be favourite here. Um, pretty warm order on the on on the back of really consistent runs, um, four really consistent runs. Um, it should be told, and but I so look, I can totally, I can totally see um, the kind of logic behind this horse. Um, not got a got a Lingfield run or win on the CV, which is the only alarm. There's no, there's no there's no reason to suggest that the horse won't handle Lingfield, but it's something different. And I know that from from my kind of King of Stars days when um, he was strutting his stuff at Southall and then went to Newcastle and he's been there twice and can't handle it. And these all other tracks are all very different. So um, you know that that's a slight niggle that he doesn't have um, any form at, at Lingfield, but yeah, he's run well at Kempton the, the last twice. Um, he, he's just been chipping away at his marks, gone from eighty-eight to eighty-nine, uh, up, up to ninety-one. Like you say, Ryan Moore's going to bring plenty in, from, from the from the saddle, and, and I can see why why his favorite favorite. I mean, it, it wasn't a hugely expensive purchase. Um, you know, that's that's something to kind of factor in. But they've done well as the Hammers do, and and you know, he's he's he was thirty grand, I think he cost, and he's now you know more than, more than paying for himself. Um, the issue is whether you want to take seven or two, or 100 or 30. It just felt a little bit skinny for me. Um, Fantastic Fox is a horse I've always had plenty of time for. Um, he's he's kind of found himself as, a, as an all-weather horse winning at Chelmsford and Newcastle. Another one that hasn't done his stuff on the all-weather at Lingfield. So that's that's a, a niggle with him. And he just seems to find one or two too good when when up to this this class. And he's up to a mark of 92. And that might be, the handicapper might just have him. Um, I thought it was wide open. The one that my eyes were drawn to were, like many people's, would be Dragon Icon, the Roger Variant horse. Uh, nicely drawn in, in Trap 2. Wears a hood for the first time. Very expensive purchase. Um, this, when he was a three-year-old, everyone was taught, you know, when he was originally bought out of Tats, they paid 360 grand for him. And, you know, one is one his first two. It was an impressive winner at Kempton. Um, back in the winter of 22 and then went on and won at Lingfield and that's what I was saying about some some, some Lingfield form um, you know was dominant late on beat Haller Dubai and, uh, and Algernon um, you know won since uh, the interesting thing with Dragon Icon is, is that they threw him in the deep end they took him to the German Guineas he, 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 German 2000 Guineas he was sent off 3-1 to one, very short in a race like that uh, finished fifth, got going a little bit too late, um, and that was the only slight niggle with him. Um, whether he's sharp enough over a mile, but he should be at this level. And I just felt at sixes, um, it could, could just be the class act uh, in here. I thought the others were much of muchness. I thought they'd go a fairly strong pace. They should do, um, and I felt there wouldn't be anything finishing that much stronger than than Dragon. I, I can, uh, you know, he's got to stay out of trouble. Cameron Noble's got to keep him out of trouble, but. I thought sixes was fair enough, and I thought he just may have the class advantage over these lots, so he'd do for me. 235, we go over five furlongs. 
handicap with 10 runners. And we know Stuart Williams can get a horse in good form and get it on a roll. And he's got another one doing just that in Diamond Spirit, who goes here with Holly Doyle on board. This horse was winning off 66 back in October when winning at Wolverhampton. He's won four times now, all over five furlongs. Got up now to 85. Is this the ideal opportunity with horses like Bergerac, Bedford Flyer, who goes for Mick Appleby's yard, Silky Wilkie for Carl Burke and Alligator Alley for David O'Mara? Is it an ideal opportunity for them to get to a horse that's probably right at the top of his handicap mark of 85. I know Stuart Williams is is very good, but but is he a magician? Yeah, well, he surely was a bit last summer. Um, <laughs> he did, yeah. He, he was. He, he kept on winning. Um, yeah, look, this is this is this diamond spirit is just really progressive. And last time we saw him at Lingfield was last June, and and that wasn't a great one. He was beaten out of sight. Only beat one home when he was rated seventy two. Um, and here he is rated 85 and he's strutting his stuff on his last four um, admittedly not Lingfield twice at Wolverhampton and, and, and twi- twice at Chelmsford um, look he's gone from 66 to 82 won again you know a couple of weeks ago at, at Wolverhampton's gone up three pounds for that run look he's very progressive but he's in hotter water here and you know he's in an auto 105 you know this is this is this is is kind of <sighs> Tougher fare than the 0-88s he's running in. Look, who knows the ceiling of his progress? And the, his trainer is a genius at getting these sprinters to to um, to to fly. Um, I just thought I, I was quite keen to to take him on. If if, if truth be told, um, there was a, a a bad bit of deja vu for me here because <laughs> you've got two horses in here. You've got got Bergerac and. You've got Bedford Flyer, and it was it was just one of those ones where um, Bergerac was the horse that nutted King of Stars uh, in in the valuable handicap at York um, a few summers ago, uh, and I just about got over that now. Um, <laughs> Clearly not. Yeah, yeah, Bergerac's <laughs> been in, in great winning form, um, yeah. and he's a speedball, and we want to go from the front, as is the Mick Appleby trained <laughs> Bedford Flyer. So. It's cut from a similar cloth of King of Stars. They're drawn one and two. They, these two are going to take each other on something rotten because they've both got one way running and that's going forward and going forward fast. And I'd imagine Beth the Flyer might win um, the battle to, to the front, maybe. Whether it'll win the war, I don't know. But Bergerat's quick and they will not hang around here. So um, I was quite keen to be with Beth the Flyer, but the presence of Bergerat puts me off. Um, they're going to go quick. I think there's a cracking bet here. I think they're going to set it up for Alligator Alley. This horse of David O'Mara just wants a really fast pace to aim at. Been in really good form on the all-weather. You know, was in a court in a race at Southern last time behind Clarendon House, um, uh, where he was just drawn out wide and out of it. And actually, um, travelled strongly previously at Wolverhampton, but probably didn't go quite quick enough. Alligator Alley is just gagging for a fast run all-weather race off this mark of 94. And I think everything's in his favour for for a real big run. Um, I think he's going to run well off, off, off this mark. And yeah, I thought 15 to two each way, some firms of four places was, was, was really a really nice bet. Whether maybe they'll get away the front two and Bedford Fly will have too much speed or, or, or off the front, but I think Alligator Alley will swing in and could mow this lot down. I thought really fun bet each way at 15 to two, particularly with the four places. 
A lot of these will be used to running on straight five, but of course, Lingfield, you go around the bend, don't you? So it's, it's going to be a little bit different for some of them, do you not think? Yeah, to totally. Um, and actually, um, you know, he's very versatile, Alligator Alley, and he's he's been, you know, he's you know he ran well at Wolverhampton around a bend, and you know he's 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 got some Lingfield form in in, in the locker too, which yeah. kind of helps. And yeah, I just I just thought he would um, he would run really really well here. He was he was last February he was um, fourth to Kimmy Grace in the listed race. Um, Tony the Brome was second, but Alligator Alley was was. Um, Pop burst onto the scene late. He was only beaten a length and a half in that. And that's when he was rated 105. Um, and here he is strutting his stuff off 94, so 11 pounds less um, within the same year. And he's been in winning form and he'd been winning on form on the all weather. You know, you only have to go back to um, the last August when he won at Newcastle, so off 91. So he's only three pounds higher than that. So yeah, I thought I thought he'd run well at uh, the feature race at Lingfield on Saturday on the all weather. Is at 310. It's a mile and a quarter. The Bet MGM Winter Oaks Phillies handicap. It's a class two race with eight runners. So we've got each way options in this one. I know the Chrisfords have been talking up their horse, Oh So Grand. There's been press releases coming out about uh, her. She's a daughter of Postpone. She's one of last two at Newcastle and here at Lingfield over this trip as well with Jack Mitchell on board. He rides again on Saturday. She takes on Miss Bluebell from Marcus Tregoning. be nice to see him. I'm a decent horse after a few years without really having one, although Miss Bluebell is already five and she's a mare now, so I'll see how much improvement we're going to get from her. She's rated 87. We've got Twirling, another Crisford horse with Ryan Moore on board, Doreen Table Colours, hence the connection to Ryan. Storymaker goes for George Bowie, who's in good form, Behind the scenes for James Tate in those famous Said Manana colours. And Qatar Racing have got Queen Regent for the Gostons in there, Eleanor Cross, Andrew Balding also in, in the lineup. How did you see the the Oaks, the winter oaks coming up at three ten? Yeah, nice nice little race. Um dead eight. So just be careful on the old each way front because that, that could become two places each way quite quick. Um yeah, the Chrisfords have, have got this one by the short and curlies, I think. Um, I do like Oso Grand. I thought she really caught the eye last time. You know, that sweeping move, um, last the first move to, to, to reeling Queen Regent. She's been given plenty of time. She didn't look a worldy last year. You know, when she was, she won a couple at Bath and Wolverhampton and then, you know, fluffed the lines a bit into Handicap Company on the turf. Um, given a bit of time, came back out, looks a completely different horse on the all weather. Um, back on the preferred surface, you know that's what she was doing her stuff on originally. So she's very happy on an artificial surface for whatever reason. Won well, really impressively at Newcastle, and, and, and even more so at the track before Christmas in the in the trial for this off eighty five, and just went up the four pounds. I thought they could, uh, the handicap was very lenient. I thought that could easily be ten plus pounds for that. Um, Osa Grand swoop swoop down the outside. Stable won the race last year with with. Alagali, same route, won the trial, came, came and won it with Alagali. Um, Luke Morris rode, rode her that, that day. Um, and, you know, this, this filly is, is, you know, bred to be decent. You know, she's bred, bred to be all right. And, um, I think she's, she just might be a cut above these and far, fast, fast improving. Um, you mentioned Miss Bluebell, you know, she, she won last time. Um, 
you know, only a week ago at Wolverhampton. That was a, that was a nice win. So she comes here in really good form. Different track, of course. Um, all those rules apply about Lingfield. Um, there's a fair bit of money around for the stable mate of the favourite, um, Oso Grand Twirling. Seen that shorten up here on, on Friday morning um, on the back of a good run at Lingfield. Back in December behind Crystal Cascade, she looks to be crying out for a step up in trip. Um, well-bred, you know, could, could be could be smart, you know, probably relish to step up in trip. Got Ryan Moore, lots to like about her. I think they're the obvious too, but I, I'm just going to go with Oso Grand. I, I like what I saw. And I think she'll take the world of beating. I think 11 or 4 with Hills is a is a fair price. And um, I think she'll go very close to winning. Okay, that's the Lingfield card on Saturday that we're going to look at on the all-weather surface. Now, on Sunday, there's a hopefully a, a big card coming up again at Lingfield for the jumpers. They are going to inspect, as Bill was saying, on Saturday to see if they can run on Sunday. We're hoping for a bit of a thaw. Uh, and I suppose the highlight there is definitely the uh, two and three-quarter mile Fitstairs Fleur de Lis chase. worth what eighty six thousand almost to the winner, one hundred and sixty five in total, and we could see the return of Long Press coming for Venetia Williams after almost four hundred days. What's the highlights for you on Sunday at Lingfield? Anything we can look forward to? Well, we're doing this before the decks are all finalised, so so we're second guessing who's going to run, but um, we're pretty sure we're going to see if it's on. We're going to see Long Press take on Protectorat and Pals in the Fleur de Lis chase. The covers have been down a fair bit, and if they manage to pull the covers up and it's not frozen, they were talking about good to soft ground underneath. But the ground's going to be the key, and that's what makes it a real um, head scratcher. Is that normally it's pretty hard work when you remove the covers, and uh, this is a reappearance run for Long Press. But the fact that a few sloggers will probably stand their ground, like I will do it, and Highland Hunter shows what they're expecting. So they're expecting it to be more like a kind of like a national trial. Um, if it turns into a slog, it brings Protector Act in it. But at the setup and the conditions of this race, um, you've got Long Press rated 170, getting four pounds from Protector Act is rated 165. So it's clear why in the anti-post markets, Long Press was, was odds on. It's just whether he's fully fit, ready to go. And I'd imagine he probably is knowing Phoenicia. This'll he'll be he'll be primed. I'd imagine he'll burst into the betting for the for the Gold Cup. So he's the horse probably I'm, I'm, I'm most looking forward to seeing seeing on the card. Um, we've got the rescheduled Lightning Novices. We don't know who will stand their ground, but it looks a really good duel um, between Jello and Master Chewy and Pembroke was supposed to be in here too. Um, again, Pembroke's interesting uh, if it becomes a real slog. Um, but, you know, Jello's been in great form. He, he'll be hard to stop. You know, on or, you know his his kind of momentum, um, and then the only other race I was really keen on was uh, the Surrey National, Fitzdale Surrey National at three thirty five. Um, be interesting to see who who stays in in, in this. Um, there's there's plenty of horses, old, old friends of mine, old old uh, Doctor Kananga might well run in this. Um, move the chains, Gary Moore, the old ten year old. Um, but you know. I've got serious reservations whether the meeting will be on, and you also got the double conundrum of what the actual ground will be because, you know, I'm, I was expecting them to pull up, pull the covers away and it to be heavy, but if they're saying it's good to scoff, that certainly changes my opinion. But um, yeah, it'll be a good card if they can get it on. Well, it's freezing cold in the UK, absolutely bitter. Frost everywhere, but not in Hong Kong, where we're heading now. 
Sunday morning, we're back to our usual. Sunday, 5 o'clock, first race, 10 on the card. Wally Pyra joins us. And Wally, this weekend, there's a great race at 8.05, the one-mile Stewards' Cup. It's a Group 1, and the Spangle is back. But he's not the Spangle of old, is he? No, but um, first up, let's say it's going to be 20, what is it, 21 degrees? Yeah, we didn't need to know that, actually. Thank you. <laughs> on, on, on Sunday in Hong Kong, it's dry and yeah. Sunday, but I'll yeah. tell you, it's still, you'll still see people wearing a few overcoats and got their mufflers on and uh, one or oh, two dear. people, because that's not considered too warm over there with the humidity. But you're right, it's 10 races. I, I've got to say, it's a real humdinger of a card, this is. Um, yes, it does include, it's the first local Group 1 of the year on Sunday. The, it's the 1.3 million Stewards Cup, run over a mile, as you said, at 8.05. It's unfortunate that um, Golden 60, our champion, is on the sidelines due to a minor leg injury earlier this month. But there's still a, there's still plenty of Hong Kong's elite milers on show, including, as you've said, California Spangle, winner of 11 races in Hong Kong, in, including the Hong uh, Longines Hong Kong mile, mile last season, beat Golden 60 in the um, process. This season, he started off with a bang, a bit of a surprise as well with Hugh Bowman on. Uh, one first up in October, but since then the wheels have fallen off, and in three races he's been bitterly, bitterly disappointed. And a lot of people are saying, "Well, I hope they don't keep running this horse until he finishes up in Class One and uh, etc." Um, Tony Cruz has gone for cheap pieces with the idea just might wake him up. Cruz, obviously a huge fan of the horse. I mean, so so he should be. Um, has made various excuses saying you can forget that run, you can forget about the run in uh, uh, November, etc., etc. And of course, he's got Bowman back on for the first time after winning in October on him. You know, Bowman then suffered that bad injury, um, and so this is his first time to be reunited with the horse. So it gives some some hope to the thousands and thousands supporters of the Spangle, but it's still very difficult to see him win him again. Then you've got Beauty Eternal. I mean, this is a horse that's earned £2 million in prize money. He's a winner of eight of his 13 starts, couple of, including a couple of Group 3s and, group, and a Group 2. But to me, this is me personally, because I've been always been a huge fan of this horse. He's always flattered to deceive to me on the important okay, important occasions. And it happened again when he ran the Hong Kong Mile in December, the international race, where he did move up and he looked to have his chance and then flattened out again. This is the thing that worries with me with him. He's got his stable companion, Beauty Glory, running in the race. Hugely talented, but so, so unpredictable. But he's likely to run a what's the old term that people use nowadays? A cheeky race. I've just got a feeling this horse might hit the frame at very uh, very big odds. But the one horse that you've got to say is very difficult to overlook is Voyage Bubble. I mean, he won two of the three Classic Series races last year. They 
the Hong Kong Classic Mile, then went on to surprise everybody by winning the Hong Kong Derby. He's the apple of the trainer, Ricky Yu's eye. And he ran exceptionally well when chasing home Golden 60 in the Hong Kong Mile uh, last month. He seemingly has progressed again. And a big thing is that he's got James McDonald, who specifically has been booked to ride the Australian champion, New Zealand-born McDonald. He's, he's coming over to ride it. I mean, McDonald, I mean, he only had a short stay in Hong Kong. He had 15 winners from under 100 rides. You know, that shows what sort of rider he is. 96 mounts, I think it was. So it, to me, it's very difficult to go against Voyage Bubble. He's the obvious choice. He will be favourite, um, but he's difficult to overlook. So that's how I see that race. Now, talking about McDonald, um, he's also got his card marked. Well, he's got his card marked in nine of the ten races on Sunday. He's riding a horse he seemingly loves because he was always going on so much over the top about this horse when he was in Hong Kong before he left on this horse Wonder Bar for John Size, who runs in the um, six furlong handicap at six o'clock. Now, this is a rerun of when Wonder Bar beat the main rival, Purton ridden uh, Kai Ying Rising, by a nose after an exciting ding dong battle over the last furlong and a half at Sha Tin on New Year's Day. Now, a three-pound swing in favour of Kai Ying uh, rising suggests that he could probably turn the tables. But he comes from draw 10, and Wonder Bar has got draw 2, the all-important inside draw 2. So who's going to win? It's anybody's pick. Obviously, the odds are going to be very short about the pair of them. Um, but certainly a race to be watched. Um, any of the listeners... They want to keep an eye on a horse called Kaima from the Mark Newnham stable. He caught the eye on his debut over the straight five furlongs with Purton aboard. He was left miles behind. Then he got severely checked during the race. But he ran on to suggest that obviously this horse has got a big engine. He's got an awkward draw, but expect better from him. I mean, he's really, really worth watching for the future in this race. Now, let's have a look. McDonald's got his later rides. He's got the rejuvenated CP Brave, the seven-year-old, used to be trained by Tony Millard, who, who thought a lot about this horse, but never did very much. Well, now CP Brave is now seeking a hat-trick in the Class 2 over the... Um, 10 furlongs at 8.40. Now, he faces stiff opposition, including the John Size trained in Sood, who would probably be nearly top of the anti-post Hong Kong derby market if they did have one. Um, he's a winner of three of his four career starts. He's obviously improving all the time. Then you've got the well-handicapped Woodfuck Fire Bro, who's closely matched with Ensued on his last run, um, and a horse called Elliptical. Now, Casper Founds is training this for the Hong Kong Derby. He's just been running over 1,400 metres. He ran over, he ran, sorry, 1,400. He ran over seven furlongs, and then last week he ran over a mile, was last turning into the straight, 
made a a fleeting but nevertheless encouraging run in that race from the back of the field, ran well, and you know he's going to improve further. Whether he can prove enough to get in the frame here, I don't know. One of the horses I think listeners want to keep an eye on is the Tony Cruz trained the best peach. I've, I think I've mentioned this horse on numerous podcasts in the past. He's only won one race, so he can't mm. have done very good when I've been mentioning him all the time. But he's this former UK galloper, I've got to say this, whose name, and I didn't even know it, was Who Put 50 In You? I don't know if you've heard of that name, when he was trained by Clive Cox. He was obviously pretty useful and finished fourth in the um, the 2022 Britannia handicap at Royal Ascot. Now, the thing is, this is the first time that Cruz has stepped his horse up to 10 furlongs. He's always finishing strongly over seven furlongs and a mile. This really and truly looks his optimum uh, distance. And I think the icing on the cake here is the fact that he's got Hugh Bowman. I mean, I nickname him the head waiter. There used to be a very famous jockey in the 1920s, 1930s. Oh, um, that's it, Harry Rag. Now, for the old listeners, they're, probably, they're the only people who would have heard of this jockey, Harry Rag. Well, he was called the head waiter because he suddenly used to fly in the last 100 metres or the last furlong and a half when nobody had seen where he was. And so that was why, hence, he was called the head waiter. Um, he rides at Bowman, which is an obvious plus to that chance of this horse. I think he could run well at the at each way price. In Seward, has to be the obvious choice, but each way, I think, the best peach. And finally, because there's so many good races on Sunday, it's the seven furlong class two handicap at 9.15. Real, looks a real scorcher, this. Um, I'll just give you an, an idea of some of the runners. You've got the uh, presently disappointing but still smart performer, Red Lion. You've got his stable, um, that from the John Size Yard. You've got his stable companion, How Deep Is Your Love, who runs for the first time at Chartine this season and who has the Hong Kong Classic Mile as his target next month. You've got Drombeg Banner. I've mentioned that a few times. He's a two-course, uh, two-time course and distance winner this season. Atula Bagheel, he's a course and distance winner in October. Previous, um, he's close up in a Group 3 company last time. And what catches the eye that Purton rides him for the, um, the, uh, for the choice. You then got Dancing Code. Now, Dancing Code has been saddled with so many bad, wide and awkward draws this season after winning first up in October. He, he now gets the prime number one stall, which must be, music. I say music to the ears of the Hong Kong top singing sensation, his owner Aaron Kwok, and, and also obviously to his many thousands of female supporters who will flock to Shartin to support their idol, obviously. So, dancing code. And then at the bottom of the handicap, you've got horses like Global Harmony, who came from last to first to Winwood McDonald last start. Very impressive performance. And then the Pierre mm, 
trained Mugen, somewhat disappointed when he was third to Wonder Bar. Didn't really show his true form on that occasion. Steps him up to seven furlongs. As I say, those two horses are running off bottom weight. So you can see what I mean. This is a, re a fiendishly difficult puzzle to solve. If I was going to have a few dollars win and place on a horse, I still think Dancing Code is better than his recent form. And he gets his chance for the, the ideal journey, this hope. But all in all, an exciting card. McDonald, Purton on show and Bowman on show. Some good horses. So hopefully some of the listeners might find a few winners. Yeah, it looks like a really good card in Hong Kong on Sunday morning. You can watch the racing live from 5 a.m. UK time on Sky Sports Racing in the UK, including that big race, the Group 1 Stewards Cup, over a mile. Look forward to that. Thanks to Wally for joining us and to Bill for previewing what we have left of Saturday and hopefully a little bit of Sunday as well this weekend. And that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure that you join us then if you can. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music or Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Let's hope that the weekend warms up a little bit and we can enjoy some good racing. Have a good one. Bye for now.